Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now save $30 on the American-made steel FS56 RCE trimmer. Real steel. The FS56 RCE is made in America of U.S. and global materials. Offer valid through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Out of the gates and ready to go. Outkick 360 is underway, broadcasting live across the Outkick network from Super Bowl 57, Radio Row, Hutton and Withrow with you. Chad, it's time to rock and roll. What's going to be a fun three days of live coverage with some great guests lined up. Jalen Hyatt and Steve Largent will join us coming up in about 20 minutes. One wide receiver hoping to be in a first-round uh, first selection and a pro football Hall of Famer. Uh, all in one. That's, uh, again, in 20 minutes. An hour from right now, WWE superstar Seth Rollins will sit down with us. Plus, Hendon Hooker, LeGarrette Blunt, and much more. We made it. Hutton, there is an energy on Radio Row that's unlike anything else we do in broadcasting. We can feel that energy, and it's palpable. And the hope is that we can bring that energy to the show over the course of the next three days. That is what we're hoping to do here from Phoenix for Super Bowl Radio Row. And uh, that's what we're going to bring you. And we got a great guest list today. But uh, we're going to do a little bit of everything over these next three days in Phoenix. Yeah, and, uh, again, we're going to have uh, plenty of uh, people roll through and stop by here at our Outkick set. Uh, shout out to everybody making it happen uh, behind the scenes for us. So, look, uh, let's set up the game. Not a lot of talk about the game uh, because of all the guests. Super Bowl 57. Chad, it should be legit. I, I think the the matchup itself between the Chiefs and the Eagles, it's hard for me to envision a game that's not competitive and that's lopsided one way or the other, uh, especially when you look at what these two teams have done. There's a lot of discussion about the Eagles, their entire resume, and it's hard to argue. But both teams are currently 16-3, and three, counting the postseason. Both teams scored exactly 546 points regular season and postseason combined. Both teams have six all-pros on their roster. Both teams led their conference in sacks. Both teams have a quarterback that has some legitimate injury issues going into this game with great offensive line play in front of them. I don't see this being a dud. My, my only fear, th those are some great comparisons you raised there, Hutt, but my only fear is that we get a duplicate of the Bucks win over the Chiefs in this game. But here's why I do not think that's going to okay. happen. The Chiefs' offensive line was terrible in that game. And the Bucks feasted yeah, you're right. rough, rushing four guys, dropping in coverage with everyone else, and frustrating Patrick Mahomes. I do think that this Chiefs' offensive line, again, while the Eagles are great pass rushing, they're great in the secondary, I think they got a much better chance with this version of the Chiefs' offensive line to at least hold them back a bit in this game. And if they can do that, we're going to have a game set up the way you're talking about that's going to be two-minute warning, and it's going to be very much in doubt, and that's what we all want. And we want, I mean, last possession? Yeah. Some of the, great, the, the best Super Bowl matchups, if you think back uh, from uh, Seahawks to, uh, but you, you mentioned the, the, the Bucks, some classic finishes with uh, the Patriots as well. 
this one, number one versus number one, should be uh, legit, uh, top to bottom. Um, Chad, have you ever heard of a darkness retreat? Uh, I have not. You know, darkness retreat, in my mind, is like forced solitary confinement in prison. <laughs> you know, uh, well, Andy Dufresne and Shawshank Redemption was sent to isolation, right? He was sent to solitary confinement. That, to me, was always like the scare tactic in the prison movie about if you act up or get in a fight, we're going to throw you in the hole. You know, yeah. we're going to throw you into, into solitary confinement. I've never heard about voluntary solitary confinement. But leave it to Aaron Rodgers to come up with that. Here is Aaron Rodgers on the Pat McAfee Show. Um, uh, is that real? Are we really contemplating playing football again still? Is that like a heavy, heavy thought? Yeah. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Wow. Okay. I didn't know that. I just assumed because the way you've given answers, it's like foregone conclusion. But you have told us numerous times you haven't got through that portion of your decision making yet. So I, that's just that seems surprising me right there. That's a real thing. Yeah, it's a real thing, hundred percent. And that's why I think it's going to be important um, to get through this week, and then uh, you know to uh, uh, to take my uh, you know my isolation retreat, and just to be able to contemplate all things uh, my future and then uh, and then make a decision that I feel like is is best for me moving forward and in the highest interest of my happiness and then uh, and move forward. What's isolation retreat? We're just going into a cave? Are you not going to talk? You're not going to speak one of those things? Yeah, is it just you in there? Ooh. And if you're just in there alone, do you know how many days you're in there? Are you taking an iPad, a book? Are we able to reach you? What? Is there good it's, uh, it's four nights of uh, complete uh, darkness. What? You go to Alaska? Not Alaska, no. I've been to Alaska. That's a beautiful state. Yeah. That's a Are you locked in? Where is it? You're not locked in. No, you can you can leave if you if you you know you can't do it. You can just walk out the door. But it's uh, it's a darkness retreat. Wow. And I've had you know a number of friends who've done it and had some profound uh, experiences. And it's something that's been on my radar for a few years now. And I felt like it'd be awesome to do regardless of where I was leaning after this season. So it's been on the calendar for uh, months and months and months. And it's coming up. Uh, in a couple weeks. So, Chad, uh, four days, darkness retreat. He's going to hopefully find his path on what to do next. My guess is no matter what happens here, Aaron Rodgers is not going to see a vision that sees him as a San Francisco 49er because he still holds the grudge that they didn't draft him, that they passed over him in the NFL draft. So, I mean, unless you're open to the idea the Chicago Bears. What if the darkness retreat leads him to the Chicago Bears? My guess, uh, chances are it's not going to be one of those two franchises. I mean, and for that, this is a crock. Let's just take a second here. You know, he, he said he's had friends that have done this, and they had, <laughs> quote, profound experiences. Yes. Well, yeah. If you lock yourself in a hole for four days with no light, you're going you're gonna to see some things. You're going to come out of that hole, and the light is going to hurt you. It's probably going to do some things to your eyes also when you come out of that. So, obviously, that's going to be the case. And I do love this concept of he sees himself as a Detroit Lion and as a better option than Jared Goff. Right. And then comes out of it and tells that to the Packers. And then when the Packers say, no, we're not going to trade you within the division, his response is, but, but the isolation retreat told me. So you must do this. We must abide by the isolation retreat. Can you imagine being an NFL player and telling your team that the isolation retreat told me what to do, <laughs> so now you must go about doing that 
or the vision will be incorrect, and I know the vision isn't incorrect, so you must abide by it. What a wild time we're living in with Aaron Rodgers right now. And he's already this hinted about the Raiders. I mean, again, I, the, this, is, this is the next visit on the Pat McAfee show, which could be entertaining, but it's also exhausting. You know, like, it, again. Um, I love Pat McAfee's response when he's like, oh, this is real. This is a real thing you're actually talking about. So clearly he had mentioned it before, and McAfee well, was almost like, are we being serious right now? When I've heard of, like, you, there are float tanks. Right, where you go into like this isolation float tank chamber uh, for like an hour, two hours, whatever it might be, and that's supposed to help you um, uh, with stress, uh, mindset, whatever it might be. But the it can also be one of those where you have to have like a safe word or hit a button because people can freak out when they get into those pods. Yeah. Or they do that. Like I, I know that there's some people do not handle that well when that happens. I mean, will Aaron Rodgers tap out after three no, hours of this? Absolutely. Or is not. he going the full four days? A guy who drinks ayahuasca tea mm-hmm. in the offseason probably isn't tapping out anytime soon. So I think he's probably going to go through with it. Well, and it also, I mean, it doesn't sound like he's done it before. Uh, I don't, he, he said friends who have done it have had profound experiences. So I'm guessing he has not. So he's talking about people who have done it that he knows and respects, I guess. So they've told him he should do it and what to expect, and now he's going to try it. I mean, this and is... Now, now we're on... Uh, this is Bizarro World, and we also... Darkness Watch. Let's also start to... Will reporters be outside of the... Will they be well, standing in the light as he re-enters the world? Look, here's the next one. You know, we've got Alejandro Avila, who took one for the team and went and watched 80 for Brady on behalf of OutKick. He's going to do it again, apparently. What reporter is going to do this? <laughs> what reporter is going to set about doing a four-day isolation retreat just to report back and write about their experience and compare themselves to Aaron Rodgers. Someone's going to do it. Yeah. Go Someone's requesting that assignment right now. I, I mean, it, now that would be fun to try to make it through whatever he's going to do this offseason to determine his team. You think that's fun? It would be fun to follow him to, to see I, how. It would be fun to read about the experience. I would never volunteer for something I, like I, that. I, I'm fascinated by trying to, like, keep up with whatever they're doing. I mean, I, I'm not saying I would make it through. But I think it would be fun, yeah. I mean, has he been in a sweat lodge before? Is that the next step? You I don't know, know. Smoke a peace pipe and go into a sweat lodge for a couple of days to see visions? That happened on the show Yellowstone with Casey at one point. He entered the, the sweat lodge and had hallucinations. Maybe that's the next step. This is, it's fun to talk about. And now I can't wait for his answer. Like, he's going to go in there for four days and then come out and say, I'm retired. Yeah. That's, that's what I saw. But, uh, <laughs> here's what I saw when I looked out in front of my face. Nothingness, blackness, darkness. And because of that, that showed me my NFL career is over, and now I'm retiring. Chad, the best thing about LeBron and, and how he set the all-time scoring record last night is the way he did it with the fadeaway jumper and not at the free throw line because you have the iconic photo now. Phil Knight's in the front row watching. Um, that screenshot is epic. That's my favorite part of everything that took place last night for the Lakers. It really was cool. Um, and it was a cool moment. Look, regardless of what people want to think about LeBron James, and I oftentimes think, I'm a Michael Jordan guy. We're not going to have that debate on this show. But if your childhood was affected mm-hmm. by one player or another, that's, we, that's the way you lean. It, it also kind of turns into a hatred or disrespect of the guy that, you know, others want to tout as the best ever. Yeah. Uh, you know, I'm a Michael Jordan guy. Always Same. will be. But it is impossible to not deny 
LeBron James full respect for not only this record, but for being, if not the best, one of the two or three best players in NBA for 20 years. From when he entered the league in 2003 until now, 2023, he has remained one of the top players in the NBA. That is remarkable longevity. That's how you get a record like this and break the all-time scoring mark. And for that, I respect the guy's game and well, his career uh, undeniably. Well, so his MVP season of 2012-13, he averaged 26.8 points per game, eight rebounds, seven assists. And the 2022 season, 30 points, eight and a half rebounds, seven assists. It's virtually identical to what he's doing. Now, that he doesn't have the same talent around him that he did in Miami for the MVP year I'm referencing. But what he's done and how he's gone about this, I mean, there's nothing wrong with being a part of the argument and actually giving validation to the guy that you're not rooting for in your argument. Like, we're the Jordan era. But if you're in this era, there's no doubt who the king is of the NBA. Yeah, there's no doubt. And I look at Jordan, I think about in a time and place, there's probably no athlete greater than Michael Jordan from, you know, what, 91 to 98? Yeah. In the span of those championships, you know, really the six straight uh, other than the two years he took off for, or the one year and then came back late in the next year playing baseball, we're never going to see a snapshot in time that's better in the NBA or maybe even in sport than that Michael Jordan era. But 20 years, I mean, that longevity is incredible. I'm always going to be a Jordan guy. I think he's the greatest ever. But that longevity for LeBron James is remarkable, and uh, he's certainly an all-time great. And um, look, now the only question is, how much longer does he hang around, and how, how much does he shatter this mark? Ronnie's coming. M- make it almost unreachable, right? I mean, everything looks unreachable. This, this was unreachable for a long time. So how yeah. much further can he go? Two years, three years, you know, it's going to be, what, two years before Bronny? He'll be a, a freshman in college right. next season. Yes. So then he'd be eligible to go the year after that. Is it two more seasons after this? I'm guessing that's probably the case. But who knows? And where will the Maybe scoring goes longer. marker be after that? With Again, we're just referencing the numbers of what he's putting up right now. Uh, Pro Football Hall of Famer Steve Largent is going to join us in roughly 15 minutes or so. When we come back... Uh, just prior to Largent sitting down with us, the Bolitnikoff Award-winning wide receiver from this past college football season, Jalen Hyatt, joins us and makes VFL. Chad yeah very happy with the VFL, performance against Bama Jaylen and more. Hyatt, he really provided me a lot of joy, and when we sit down with Jalen Hyatt, I need to tell him just how much joy he provided me. That's next, live from Radio Row, Super Bowl Fifty Seven, across the Outkick Network. This is Outkick Three Sixty. What's up, everyone? It's Nick Wright, and I got something exciting to talk to you about today. Angie, your ultimate destination for getting all your jobs done well. Now, Angie isn't just your average home services marketplace. It's a game changer with over 150 million homeowners served and a network of over 200,000 skilled pros. Angie has experience and expertise to tackle any project with ease. Whether you're looking to spruce up your backyard or undergo a major home renovation, Angie's got your back. And their pros are locally based, often running small businesses right in your community. And here's the best part. 
Angie makes the process seamless. From researching and comparing pros to scheduling services at your convenience, Angie's user-friendly platform puts you in control. So why settle for anything less than perfection when it comes to your home? With Angie, you can trust every project will be completed with the utmost care and professionalism. So get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I, or download the app today to discover why homeowners across the nation are turning to Angie to get all their jobs done well. Back on Radio Row, Outkick 360 rolls on across the Outkick network. Coming up in just under 15 minutes, Pro Football Hall of Famer, Steve Largent will sit down with us. Still to come, WWE superstar Seth Rollins in 40 minutes from right now. Plus Jim McMahon, Kyle Turley, LeGarrette Blunt, and more. We kick off our chats from our broadcast location here with OutKick with uh, a wideout who has gone from third option in an offense that was up-tempo to the Blitnikoff award-winning season and now potentially a first-round pick. Here's our discussion with Tennessee wide receiver Jalen Hyatt. The past year has been the world of Hyatt from the University of Tennessee, NIL, and now preparing for the NFL draft. Tennessee wide receiver Jalen Hyatt joins us on OutKick 360. Good to see you. Good to see y'all. Congrats on all the success. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. What what has the last 12 months been like as far as a whirlwind is concerned? Yeah, um, a lot of work, you know, a lot of work uh, as far as, you know, getting ready for combine and, um, but at the same time, it's been fun. It's been fun for sure. So as a Tennessee grad, I want to start by thanking you uh, for providing me <laughs> with one of the greatest moments of my sports life. Hutton and I were in the stadium for the game against Alabama. Okay. Yep. Uh, I'm sure yep. this isn't the first time you've heard this, uh, but it was a remarkable day. Yep. I mean, it. Yeah. we did our show the day before. The game was heavily hyped. Uh, it surpassed every possible expectation for what a football game could be. Um, what I'm not going to ask the standard. What was it like to score five touchdowns against Alabama? But was this something you kind of thought the week of? Hey, I'm going to have an opportunity here. If things strike just right, this could be a big day for me. Yeah. Uh, well, just seeing the game plan that we had, uh, you know, after we played LSU, um, I knew it could be a big day for me. Um, Coach Hype and Coach Golis, they, uh, they, you know, they had some trust in me after the LSU game, and um, not only that, um, just being with Hooker um, and. You know him. You know, saying, "All right, we're going. You know, we're going to get you the ball in this game." And uh, I knew it was time for me to take over. I, you know, a perfect game to do it. Well, we're going to talk to Hendon Hooker while we're here on Radio Row, also. So we'll get his perspective of that game as well. It also led to one of the most iconic photos in Tennessee yeah. football <laughs> history: post game with you smoking a cigar yes, with Peyton Manning. Yeah. Was that planned at all, or was that just a spontaneous shot? <laughs> no, nah, it was not planned at all. Um, you know, uh, I seen him. Uh, he was with, you know, he was with his family. Um, so, you know, I got to meet his son, and um, uh, not only that, just uh, I think the biggest thing was, you know, when I smoked a cigar with him. Um, you know, everybody was around. It was, it was a big moment for me because, I mean, it's Peyton Manning. You know, who wouldn't want to do that? <laughs> you know, a legend. So, uh, I had I, after that game, man, it was it, I had a great time, great time in the locker room for sure. Tennessee wideout Jalen Hyatt with us on OutKick. So what clicked from 2021 to 2022 for you? Uh, I'll say uh, 
hard work, dedication. Um, you know, I put a little more into it um, in the off season. Uh, you know, because you know, coming off my sophomore year, um, didn't do what I wanted to do um, as far as what I know I can do, um, and uh, wanted to do more for the team. Um, and uh, you know, I asked Coach Pope and Coach Burns that was there at that time, and um, you know, just seeing you know what I messed up on, what mm -hmm. I need to improve on, and. Um, but at the same time, I knew what my biggest improvement was. I, I knew what I had to improve on was, you know, weight gain um, and just being in the SEC. Um, you know, you have to get you, you have to be as far as up there as far as with your weight because if not, you would just get pushed around. You know, you're in the you know one of the best conferences in in the college football and um, it, it's a physical conference. Um, and I had to learn that, and uh, it was hard for me to adjust, but. You know, I just took the hard work and dedication for that, you know, for that offseason and um, everything just, you know, worked out. Well, and you know you're going to get the question from general managers as mm -hmm. well. Uh, what was the difference between one offseason to the next, from Jeremy yeah. Pruitt to Josh Heupel to Josh Heupel year two, when you go to your coaches mm -hmm. and ask how you can improve, what changed within you between those two seasons? Um, I feel like I matured. I think that was the biggest one, um, growth. Um, uh, I feel like I've become a better person, you know, a, be a better leader, too, as well. And, um, you know, my sophomore year, I wasn't leading anything. Um, you know, sometimes was coming in late. You know, just wasn't taking it. Um, just wasn't, um, you know, being the person I know I can be in that room. And, um, you know, my junior year, you know, going into my junior year, uh, you know, there's two months, uh, two months uh, June and July, I caught easily about 15,000 balls, you know, just throughout those. And, um uh, I think that was one of the biggest jumps, um, just ball skills, uh, hand and eye coordination, just trying to do a lot of things to, you know, better myself and better my game. You know, you're going to get drafted. There's mm -hmm. no doubt about it. So I'm going to kind of prep you for some questions you're going to be getting in the draft process. If someone says Jalen Hyde is too small to excel in the NFL, what is your response to that? Uh, well, I'll say um, you have to catch me first. <laughs> <laughs> And there are examples of guys that are smaller than you in yeah, the NFL that, exactly. that have excelled, right? Yeah, yeah. You know, you have your, uh, you know, Devontae Smiths and, um, you know, Henry Ruggs. You know, just a lot of guys that, you know, have done it, you know, in the NFL. But, um, you know, at the same time, I feel good with my weight. Um, and, that, you know, I know I can improve my weight, obviously, you know. And um, I know that would take time for me. But, um, like I said, I'm in a very good position. Um, I'm very confident um, with myself. And, you know, I feel like whatever team, you know, wants to pick me up and draft me, you know, they're getting a good player. When guys started pressing you off the line of scrimmage, is that mm -hmm. something you felt like you improved on at, over the course of your time at Tennessee? Yeah, you know, for sure. Um, you know, with me, um, you know, a lot of people take me just as a guy that just loves to, you know, run deep. But, you know, if you actually really, you know, dive into my film, you actually look at it and break it down, um, you know, I have a lot of, you know, I have routes in there. You know, I have routes where I'm catching the ball and, running for 60 or 70 yards and you know I have me running routes of you know digs and um, just a lot of things but you know just with coach hype offense you know it is a little different from you know a regular pro style offense I think everybody understands that and but um you know at the same time it's not like we're just you know running deep all day you know that's you, you know you can't do that in the SEC you know teams or you know especially the defenses that we see um, you know, that's, that's easy to cover. You know, just put everybody back 20 yards and, you know, treat it like punt return or something. But, uh, <laughs> um, you know, we do a lot more things that, you know, people really doesn't see. Take us inside the world of name, image, likeness. And yeah. what, what's the offer like to get you to return to college versus go pro now? <sighs> yeah. How close um, are they? You know, especially with the, how, the, how everything is now uh, with NIL. Um, you know, for me, 
my goal is the NFL. You know, my goal is the NFL. And um, even with NIL, even with, um, you know, a lot of things that can factor into it that guys, you know, go through it now. And then, um, you know, with the money, it, for me, I wanted to be in the National Football League. You know, that's my goal. That's my dream. Um, and, you know, even, you know, we were – we were in the discussions of, you know, maybe coming back or, you know, leaving. And um, But for me, it's, I wanted to be in the league. You know, that's, that's always been my goal, always been my dream. And, you know, we're here to accomplish that. You know, it's, it's crazy, not just NIL, but transfer portal. Yep. Um, as someone who follows the program closely, I assumed you would transfer. Yep. You know, after year one with Josh Heupel, mm-hmm. I thought it was a foregone conclusion you'd be gone. How hard did you consider transferring after that year? Yep. And what do you make of the state of college football right now that, hey, you're a guy who stayed. That's a great success story yep. about what you're going to mean to Tennessee and what Tennessee means to you moving forward. What's your message to people out there that are considering all the options? You know, uh, just year one, um, you know, for me, my sophomore year, uh, just with the transfer portal, um, you know, I, I hadn't, to be honest, I, I didn't even decide, you know, have any discussions of, you know, with my family about uh, maybe this isn't the right place. You know, maybe I should, because it was all on me. Uh, I didn't put the work in that I should have put in. Um, and I feel like, you know, with the college football world today and how everything goes, I feel like, um, you know, I love the transfer portal. You know, it, obviously it, it does great things. I mean, we have, for instance, you know, Hendon Hooker, you know, come from Virginia Tech to Tennessee, and, you know, you see what he can do. Um, and But at the same time, you know, it, it's a lot of things with transfer portal that I really, you know, I think sometimes people run away from the hard work. You know, people, when they don't get what they want, they instantly hit the portal and, you know that it, you know what's the saying it's not always greener on the other side you know yeah. it's just not sometimes and um trust me i love the i love the transfer portal i love it you know with college football but you know i think there should be some rules to it you know because you know we have guys that's you know leaving three times you know you go from this school to this school to this school and you know when scouts see that you know what what kind of player are you getting you yeah. know are you getting a player that wants to work or are you getting a player that runs from the work so um, I love the transfer portal. You know, I really do. But I think there's some rules. I think there should be some rules in place for it. And at the same time, I think um, a lot of guys need to start considering and asking themselves, you know, am I really putting the work? Did I give my all? You know, or, you know, whatever, you know, you have to do it. But I, that's what I think. Got a glimpse of Joe Milton against Vanderbilt and against Clemson in the Orange Bowl. He showed a lot of improvement yep. from the season before. What can Tennessee fans expect from a Joe Milton run Tennessee offense next season? Well, you know, uh, Joe, he can make every throw. He can make every throw. I think we all know that. Um, and he's a great leader as well. Um, just him being with Hooker and, um, you know, obviously being there with Coach Hawsey, um, it's going to help him a lot. And uh, I think, you know, it's obviously his team. He's going to take over. And, you know, I'm very, very excited to see what he does this upcoming season for sure. Jalen Hyatt, the Bolitnikoff Award winner. Where, where's the trophy? Oh, I got to go get it. I got to go get okay. it. Okay. Yep. You still don't have it? I don't even have it yet. No, sir. You have to go get it, or yep. can they ship it to you? Nah, nah I got to go get it. Um, you got to go pick it up. All right. Yeah, gotta Where go. do you go? Uh, I think I have it in Tuscaloosa. So I oh, go oh, wow. So you do. Ceremony. and Yeah, yeah. we haven't even had that yet. So, oh, okay. Yeah, we have to go do all that. But, um, yeah, I don't have it yet. Can't wait to get my hands on you it. You can up. stay at a Hyatt while you're there. Oh, yeah. uh, the, <laughs> yeah. the world of Hyatt. Yeah, sure. um, really cool with the NIL during mm-hmm. the bowl game where they gave gift cards for, for family members of your teammates. Yep. 
Um, and by the way, Chad and I thought you were going to play in the game based on that. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I lost that bet. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I apologize for that. <laughs> but, um, but, yeah, you know, the word of Hyatt, just what they, what they, you know, what they have done for my um, teammates, families, um, you know, it's just a blessing, man. Just putting everybody, you know, because, you know, with, with, with ball games, man, it, it, you know, it's a little different than people, you know, expect. It's kind of hard. It's hard to get your whole family out because, you know, it's, it's in a different place, yep. you know, and um, it's a lot of things. You have to find hotels. And, you know, obviously when you go to, you know, some cities like especially Miami, you know, those hotels cost, man. They're, they're not cheap, man. It's expensive, man. You know, what the word of Hyatt did, they you know, try to help families. They try to help our, uh, my teammates. And um, it definitely worked out perfectly. You know, everybody enjoyed their time up there. And um, it was a beautiful thing. Well, and think about it. I mean, from, from NIL, um, if not for that being allowed, you don't make that connection during college. No. And what you've done now is you carry it over to your pro career, right? Yes, sir. This continues. Yes, sir. Yep, that's what we want to do. And, um, you know, I think it's a beautiful, you know, not just because of the name because I'm you know my last name is Hyatt and Hyatt I think just what they want to do um and not only that just what loyalty their loyalty points and what they're trying to do is free to sign up you can sign up and you know you, you get you, when you keep going and staying at Hyatt hotels you, you get points back and you can get to upgrade suites you can do a lot of things with these points that uh, a lot of people don't even realize and it's free and I think what what they got done is just it's amazing are you a first round pick yes sir for sure if not for that option, would you have stayed? Like, what? Where did you need the the feedback? To, the evaluation to, be? to come back. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, if I got something that said, you know, uh, you know, we think you can go third round or like day two, or you know, day two, I would have came back because that's I, I'm a first round guy. I know I am, and what I have done on the field, and not only that, if I did come back, what I have will done on the field, you know, and. Um, I know I know what I can do. I know what I can do on the field, um, and you know I'm just and obviously in a great position. But I know I still have a lot of more work to do. Um, but at the same time, they don't know what the player they're getting. You know I'm a hard worker. I'm a perfectionist. Um, I stay in the building, stay in the facility. I want to get better every day, um, and that's just my goal. I'm you know, purpose driven. That's what I want to do. What's the forty going to be? Four two nine. That's the goal. That, that's first round. That's the goal. That's first round. Hey, thanks again for providing the Alabama game for me <laughs> and every other Tennessee grad. We, we appreciate that. The streak is over, and we're yep. thrilled with yep. that streak being yep. over. We just got to keep going. Um, you know, it, we got the win, but let's, let's, be, you know, let's be consistent. You know, let's win again. Let's go back and forth now. Let's, let's make it a real rivalry year in and year out. That's you right. Know, we, it's been 15 years. I think it is 15 years that we beat them. Um, so, all right, we got our win. Now let's now let's do a real rivalry. How it's supposed to be. How, how it used to be. Keep up your momentum sure. as well. As yes, well. Sir. Yes, sir. Always. Thanks for being here. Yes, sir. I appreciate y'all. Jalen Hyatt has been our guest. More coming from Radio Row here on Outkick 360. Chad, we're rooting for him. Yeah, for sure. And I felt he was really genuine. And yeah. talking to him about it being his fault when Josh Heupel took over that he didn't immediately take to the program and said he didn't think about transferring. He just came back stronger and bought in. And, boy, look at the results this past season. A Belitnikoff award. Yeah, there are plenty, there are plenty of doubters about Jalen Hyatt, right, moving to the NFL. Our, our next guest can relate, and he turned it into one of the best careers for a wide receiver in the league. Pro Football Hall of Famer Steve Largent joins us on Outkick 360, walking around Radio Row. Uh, 
Chad, the, the Hall of Famers wear the jackets. Steve's here like you and I. Yeah. He's a true man of the people, Steve. That's right. Thank That's you right. finally for making me feel more relatable to a pro football Hall of Famer. He's first time I felt on the same wavelength. Is, is the jacket just at home in the closet? It's a home in the closet. There's yes, no there special is. place you keep it just no, with the rest of your sports no, coats? No, it's just in my closet. But it is special. Certainly. Yeah. Seattle Seahawks uh, legend and uh, Bum Phillips and uh, the Oilers. This yep. is the worst trade he's ever made. Yeah, it, uh, it wasn't even a trade. Actually, what it was was he released me on, it was a Sunday, and I packed up my stuff, left on maybe Sunday afternoon, packed up my stuff, drove back to Tulsa, Oklahoma, my home, or actually mm -hmm. Oklahoma City, where my wife was, and got a call on Monday that the Seahawks were had implemented a trade. I didn't know they were even, I, I thought I was cut. I, I was cut. And then they. So that was the conversation. Was you, hey, we're, we're we're letting you go. Right. Yeah. That was that's that's what they let me know. You're you're out of here, and so I packed up my stuff and left. But then they reclaimed me. I didn't know mm. that. They reclaimed me and then worked out a trade with Seattle. And the beauty of that was that Jerry Rome was my college coach for three years at University of Tulsa. He became the quarterback receiver coach in Seattle, and said, hey, when he saw my name on the waiver wire, he said. Well, that must be a mistake. And they said, no, it's not a mistake. And they said, well, let's get him. And so they gave up an eighth-round eighth round draft choice. You know, I think the football world was introduced to Seahawks fans when they won a Super Bowl, competed in another one, the 12th man, great noise in yeah. that facility. You were in at the start of that, you know, right. playing in the Kingdom also. What was it like in the early years of the Seahawks? and building that fan base with yeah. your teams. Well, what I've always said is that the, the fans at, in Seattle were more like college fans than, than professional fans. Which is a compliment. It, which is a compliment, mm -hmm. it is. Because what I mean by that is they are, they are very loud and vocal and supportive of their home team, but they don't heckle the other team. They yeah. don't cast aspersions on them or cuss at them or any of that kind of stuff. They, they watch the game, uh, and they root for the home team, and, and that's the way they still are today. Uh, Steve Largent has always been to me a guy that, you know, people, uh, if you're coaching someone, talking about, they say, hey, if Steve Largent could do it at this level, you can work hard enough and maybe make it in that level. Do you see that as a compliment? Or yeah. do you see that as, as disrespect of your athletic ability when people will say that about you? Well, no, because, I mean, if you look at my career and my, you know, my play, it, it came about because of a lot of hard work. Uh, and I couldn't have done it if I had not worked as hard as I did and disciplined myself uh, to not eat this or eat this and or you know do these sprints or and, and that kind of stuff. Uh, I had to do that to be able to separate myself from the other receivers, to separate myself from the defensive backs. Uh, I had to do that that kind of stuff, and and I did. Uh, so I, I look at it as a compliment, not criticism uh, and uh, no criticism but what's it like seeing a guy like DK Metcalf with all of the intangibles that everyone's looking for it took this long to break your records at the position and he's starting to set those now yeah well DK's uh, is a uh, physical phenomenon that's insane yeah he, he's a big guy uh, long arms uh, and he's tough uh, I really like the way he plays the game 
but he still drops a lot of balls. Yep. And uh, I think he'll he'll develop, and and those will slowly he'll slowly he'll start catching more and more of those balls that he's dropping today. Uh, so I, I really have a, a great hopes for his future, uh, and think he could be a heck of a player. In a weird way, even with all the records you set, becoming a Pro Football Hall of Famer. I go back and watch film of you, highlights of you, and I think you were almost a man out of your era. And what I mean by that is being a technician of the game yeah. at your position, the game has become a lot more technical with timing, with everything else, with quarterbacks, putting in the work, being on the same page. I look at you and think you would have been a perfect Tom Brady, New England Patriots <laughs> receiver in a different era. When you compare the eras that you played in to now, what do you think about if Steve Largent in his athletic prime is playing in the NFL? Well, I, I, I think I could, I mean, I think every ex-player thinks he could play in the league today. Yeah. Uh, but, well, certainly the Hall of Famers could. You know, the thing that's interesting to me is the receivers when I played, my, my career, for example, I averaged 14 yards per catch for 14 years. Um, today, a receiver will average about six yards per catch. Uh, now, they throw the ball a lot more, and they, they, they catch the ball uh, and they run with it and that kind of thing. But they, their average is six yards. Uh, mine was 14 yards. It's, but they're throwing the ball so much more. Uh, and that's the part of the game that I love uh, and that I wish I was a part of was the passing game. Uh, and so that, but, but you know, uh, it was a different time, different era. And, uh, but I, and I, I still would say that I love the game more today than when I played because they're throwing it more. Steve Largent, our guest on Outkick 360, more intense, the NFL or Oklahoma Congress? <laughs> well, I was actually in the U.S. Congress, but uh, uh, I would say it's pretty intense in, in Congress. It's probably I would say more, it's... So, more so today, but uh, it was when I was there too. When, when you look at politics today, do you feel like you could help? Or do you look at it and say, I'm glad I'm not doing that job anymore? B, I'm glad I'm not doing that job anymore. I don't know that I could help uh, it, make it any better. Uh, I, I think that there's got, there's got to be some kind of uh, reform that takes place. And I think that really begins with uh, the leader, uh, that being the president, the speaker. Uh, you've got to have people that, that get it and know that they've got to do the work of the people. And it's not just do the work for the Republicans or do the work for the Democrats. It's do the work for the people. Um, and so, you know, hopefully we'll find that day again. Why did you decide to get out of it? I ran for governor. Oh. I ran for governor in the state of Oklahoma, lost by 5,000 votes. Well, you didn't jump back in? No. I, 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 I always tell my wife, um, she was the one that talked me into running for Congress in the first place. I said, if I, I, I will run, and if I win, I'm serving, and if I lose, then we're done, and I, I don't want to ever talk about it again. And she said, okay. And so we ran, and I won in, in Congress four times, uh, and then I ran for governor and lost, and that was it. So the one loss, you're like, we're done. I'm we're done. done talking about it. I'm done. Until today. Th thank, God. <laughs> thank God you didn't take that into your football career. Oh, and right, said, yeah. you know, one loss, yeah, so and I'm no, out. No, I'm, not, no. I'm not coming back yeah, from no, it. You can't do that. You can't do that in the NFL, and nobody can. What was the Seahawks season like watching this when no one expected this? From them this year yes. with Geno Smith, yeah, Geno Smith had just an outstanding year. I mean, I don't, his, his statistics for the year are like fourth or fifth in the league, right? Yes. So he's just outstanding year for him. Uh, I'm really proud for him. Uh, he, he did a great, great job. And yet, I think this was a year that 
you ask the coach, and mm-hmm. he would he would tell you this was a rebuilding year. Yeah. And I think they did that. They they found two offensive tackles that can really play. Uh, they drafted two offensive tackles that could really play, and they've got some other uh, key positions filled. And so I think they got went a long way. Uh, and I I think they were shocked that they were in the playoffs. I think most people have seen the commercials, but I know you're here with HeGetsUs.com. Yeah. yeah. Tell us about that mission. Well, it's basically uh, it's, it's, it's something that's been developed not by uh, any religious organization or denomination or uh, anything like that. It's just some people that said, hey, we need to put some, uh, some money behind an effort to say that Jesus is gets us, that Jesus understands us, that Jesus is willing to forgive us, that Jesus is offering us his confounding love. And, and that's what they did. And so, I mean, more credit to them. I don't know who they are, uh, but to their credit, they've done a really outstanding job. And, and they've got two commercials on the Super Bowl this year. They've been running them on the playoffs, but they have them on the Super Bowl this year. I don't know how much money they spent on that, but it was a lot, about $20 million. And, uh, and, and that really uh, speaks to the heart, their hearts about wanting to do good for people. But they're basically commercials uh, talking about Jesus and his, and his love for us. Who wins Sunday? I think you got to I, – I don't know. If, if Patrick Mahomes goes off, mm-hmm. they'll win. But if it's up to the offensive and defensive line of the Philadelphia Eagles, they'll win. Both are legit. Both yep. options there. Yep. Yep. Steve, great to see you, man. Hey, Thank thanks. you Good for to the see visit. You too. Thank you, sir. Steve Largent has been our guest. More coming from Radio Row on Outkick 360. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Coming up from Super Bowl 57 Radio Row, Kyle Turley and Jim McMahon will be joining us here at our broadcast site uh, inside the convention center in Phoenix. Also, uh, still to come, Ross Tucker will join us live. And in nine minutes, WWE superstar Seth Rollins stops by our broadcast site. Chad, uh, Clay told us last night that the Super Bowl commercials sold out for this weekend on Fox. $7 $7 million per is what it's going for. Super, Super Bowl one, $42,000 is what you had to pay. And now it's at $7 million. It's up five hundred grand from last year. And I think the total is $500 million that Fox will make in Super Bowl ad revenue. Just within the game itself. Just within, yes, kickoff till the end of the game. $7 million per. I would love to know the metrics of a company making that decision. I've always thought about this. You know, there was always, you've got the official, you know, alcoholic beverage of the NFL or the official insurance provider. And those ads are throughout the season on almost every NFL game. Weighing the, I mean, exorbitant amount of money you're going to spend to be that, right, with the NFL versus let's do two or three big Super Bowl ads. If we're not going to be the official whatever, 
we can spend a lot of our advertising budget just within that Super Bowl game and the benefits of, of each and what that looks like and what the ROI is for advertising with the Super Bowl. It's obviously big money, and it, it's worth it to these companies. Clearly. But I'd, I'd love to know when they compare and contrast those two options. Well, so, like, a topic of conversation the Monday after the Super Bowl is always about the top commercials, right? The ones that were awesome, the ones that were flops. But, like, if you really look back, I, I, you're, you could be better than me on this. Twelve months ago, what was the top Super Bowl commercial? It's hard. It's hard to remember. Because it's about ad recognition, and you're talking about it the next day. But now, now on, on social media, you, I'm sure we could YouTube it right now, there will be a running, here are, the, here are the Super Bowl ads for Super Bowl 57 before we even see them air. There will be a, a stock of them already ready to go, and you well, can preview the, them. The NFL ad is always one that's going to get talked about. They've yeah. been previewing that with different little clips of past and present NFL players of what their Super Bowl ad's going to be. Um, yeah, it's, the big debate has been, should you make us cry or make us laugh? And I feel like last and Super Bowl, always the a theme was, it was more laughter. Yeah. You know, for the pandemic and all these other things, there was a lot more tears and politics and all that. Then this last Super Bowl, I remember the theme being things that, you know, making people laugh with ads again. But I, I can't really think of one that, that really jumps out. But what is inevitably going to happen is something's not going to land. Sure. Something an ad agency pitched is not going to land. And suddenly you're going to have... Everyone in America saying, you spent $7 million on that? Yeah. That, that was your idea? You thought that was a good idea for $7 mil for that ad? There's going to be some of that with the Super Bowl. There is every year. And there's always a great cameo, right? Oh, there's going to be plenty of those. What's the big movie other than 80 for Brady that you expect to see? I don't think 80 for Brady is going to be in the Super Bowl at all, the, the way you do, because it's already out. The, the big trailer. The, the man for the has Super a contract Bowl. with Fox. That's all I'm saying. Uh, yeah, I mean, I don't know that him as a producer is going to get them Super Bowl ad space uh, because he's, he's a producer and he's in the movie. But we'll see. Maybe I'm wrong. Uh, it's going to be a lot of whatever the big budget Ant Man and Quantum Mania, Ant Man the Wasp, Quantum Mania. <laughs> you know, it's going to be the Marvel movies. Whatever the big summer blockbuster is, we're going to see more of those. Hour one in the books, two more to go on the Wednesday edition, and it includes WWE superstar Seth Rollins scheduled to join us when we return to kickoff hour number two. From Radio Row, Outkick 360 rolls on across the Outkick Network.